is everybody? And we're live also on Facebook. So uh, I'm excited to get back to our Q&A for the week. Welcome, welcome. Just let some people jump, join in here. I'm going to throw up in a question so people know that we're doing a Q&A. Well, luckily, I already got Trevor's question from the other day. But uh, I got some good questions came in, but feel free to uh, drop some in, whether you're on Facebook or you're on uh, watching on YouTube later, you're on Instagram now, feel free to drop in some questions. We're talking about uh, jazz music, black American music, we're talking about trombone, we're talking about music marketing, uh, all three things um, today. And so while people are coming in and while people are thinking about uh, their questions, um, I wanted to talk about something that kind of for the first time I put together and it kind of came out naturally in an interview that I did. Uh, I don't think it's a published interview yet, but I did an interview with a, for a podcast. And we we're just talking about, you know, the industry, music industry, the jazz industry, the, you know, musicians and what they think and what they can do during this time in 2020. And, um, you know, I think that um, the untold dialogue or the unspoken dialogue about this music and the thing that makes it so special um, and obviously as practitioners we know this the best I think but I'm gonna try to repeat it kind of how I did yesterday but uh, it kind of came off well and I just I think it's worth saying and again and again and again is that the heroes of our music are at the apex of human creativity and that in all these different fields, in sports, and medicine, and art, and everything, many, many people are searching and striving for that connection to the flow state. And that flow state is what we're trying to achieve, that out-of-body experience when you're improvising, that connection with the other musicians. And that that's what creates really special music, in my opinion, within this art form that we participate in. And you think about somebody like John Coltrane and the way he could f so just kind of freely express himself. It's the same as like Michael Jordan and any sports person or any really high level person that's able to access that flow state. And I don't think that we tend to focus on that part of why this music is important. We talk about its connection to being American music that was born here and obviously I agree with all those things, and I think those things are important. But even on in a more deep note, I mean, I'm sure there's other types of music where this occurs, but like that's the thing that we're chasing, that flow state in creation with other people in real time is the height, I think, of human creativity. And I mean, you could spend hours and hours refining a recording, hours and hours refining a painting, hours, weeks, days, months working on something beautiful and it doesn't take anything away from it it's just that our art form is so different because it's so spontaneous it's so in the moment it's so important to actually experience it while it's happening and i, I just i feel like we don't talk about it enough and we don't get the chance to really think about the heroes of our music in the same breath as like the heroes of um, sports or anything else and i just i really I'm passionate about it, and I wanted to bring that up as the starting point for today's episode. I want, hopefully, that will resonate with some of you, and just thinking about your heroes. And for me, that's what I'm chasing, you know. The conversation started and ended up there, but it started with him asking me to define what I thought was, quote-unquote, jazz. 
And I like to go to a quote from from Joe Lovano that I heard, and other people have said this too. But you know, it's a jazz is not a what but a how. It's it's how we play together. It's how we create together. It's how we interact. It's how we it's it's how we do it. You know, it doesn't matter so much the repertoire. It's how we play together and connect. And I just think it's so important. And I think uh, it could help to expand our audience. You know, we're fight we're all fighting for the same small amount of audience and the same gigs and the same tours and all of this stuff. And you know, I just yeah, I just I just hope that we can talk about the heroes of our music in the same breath that we can talk about the heroes of any sport or any you know political figures or civil or just like leaders of people you know and whatever it is just that flow state and that we're seeking is exactly what jazz musicians have been trying to do for the whole history of the music improvising together and the combination of everyone's interaction is what like elevates the music and makes it special and creative and in the moment and that's you know this is the same with sports i think and that's why i keep making the sports analogy because you know, it's in the moment. You have to execute in the moment. And I think that that's what uh, creative musicians, improvising musicians, what we strive to do best. So anyway, that's that's my uh, rant for the day. Hey, Mrs. Potter, thanks for dropping by. Uh, her husband, Howard Potter, it was one of my very first jazz teachers, introduced Duke Ellington to me and sent me down this path. Probably the, one of the most influential educators uh, He's been teaching at Oklahoma State University the last couple of years, but was at um, the Eastman Community Music School when I was 10th grade, 11th grade, 12th grade, and uh, playing in that group with him was extremely transformative, and she knows this, and he knows that, I think, and I hope, and if not, I just need to thank them again and again and again for all the guidance and wisdom. So thanks, Doc. Appreciate that. All right, so if you are here live and you've got some questions, feel free to drop them in. I see a few on Instagram, and I've got some from this week. Uh, so the question on Instagram that's kind of pulled up here that's blank is actually from Trevor Furman. And he, he asks, who are some notable self-taught jazz trombonists that I know of? Um, I think all of the early ones were self-taught. You know, a lot of them were kind of taught in, in maybe high school playing instruments and then went into the military and learned how to play a bit. You know, that's like Curtis Fuller's story, for example. You know, some of them had family bands, like Slide Hampton played in his family band. Uh, back in the beginning, uh, by beginning, I mean like early part of the 20th century, most of those musicians were self-taught. Um, I mean, everyone is self-taught to a certain degree. I think at a certain point, you have to go and find um, the information on your own. You have to work through the information on your own. You have to uh, in, internalize the jazz repertoire, you have to internalize how to play, but you always have to go and seek out um, other people, I think. So being self-taught is great, but up until a point, I think everyone needs um, some help at some point um, because you can't know everything. Uh, so, you know, there's plenty of self-taught musicians for sure, uh, but they always found inspiration from maybe teachers that weren't necessarily giving them lessons, but they were giving them lessons on the recordings. You know, they were giving them lessons uh, through listening and through watching and through copying and through, uh, you know, performing with them. You know, so there's a lot of different types of teaching, especially in music, you know, leading by example and like playing with people. You're always learning from the people you're playing with. So um, 
I don't know. I guess that it kind of goes around the question of self-taught chess trombonists. But um, I mean, we're all self-taught at a certain point, and we all have teachers. So um, I think it's kind of a fallacy to kind of even go down that route. You don't need a teacher. And so I'll say that, Trevor. You don't need a teacher. You can find out all this information on your own. But then you're just learning straight from the source, which is even better. You're listening to the recordings. You're listening to J.J. Johnson and Curtis Fuller and Slide Hampton and Conrad Herwig and Wycliffe Gordon and Steve Ture and Steve Davis. And you're listening to Benny Green and Jimmy Cleveland. And you're going back further and listening to Kid Ori and Trummy Young and Jack Teagarden and... Um, Frank Rehack and all these people. So like I'm saying, there's plenty of self-taught people out there and then those people will learn from the recordings and then they'll, they'll learn from experience and the people around them. And so that's what I think. Everyone is a self-taught and everyone has teachers. And I don't think you can, uh, I don't think you can separate the two and you don't need a jazz teacher and you also don't need uh, any teacher at all, but it's always helpful to find other people that have done it before to help you get to the next level. So it can be done in any way, any way, multiple ways. All right, some more questions from this week. Uh, moving a little bit more towards uh, the kind of music and marketing side of things, if, you, if people are interested in those things. So there's a question from Drewby Taylor. Uh, he's a student from up at Elmhurst College. And uh, so he says, so I had, I, the question was, what are your questions about music marketing? And he says, how to be successful without streaming like Maria Schneider? So um, fun fact, she has an album coming out this month, if you didn't know, Maria Schneider, great big band composer, writer, not jazz orchestra, not even big band writer, I'll just say. But um, I don't know that you can replicate the success of, of Maria Schneider. She was already had a well-established career when streaming came along. And I think anyone that lived through the pre-streaming era and is now in the post-streaming era um, doesn't have really the same experience with it that we do, you know, coming up with the streaming and uh, just like trying to build your career with the streaming. I think that she obviously is a very inspirational figure and she, so, Basically, what she's done, from what I can see from outside, I mean, I've played with the band a few times, but from the outside, what it appears from a marketing standpoint is that she's done an amazing, amazing job of building up an audience over time, slowly over time, in so much that they will support her when she asks. So she's been a huge proponent of artist share, right? And artist share uh, allows kind of this inside the score, in, behind the scenes stuff, kind of like a... Uh, like a Patreon, like a Kickstarter, anything like that, but it was more kind of officialized and it's through and it's a label, right? So she offers insight into what what is behind the scenes. She can put up commissions and people are so invested and love her music so much that they she's able to get some money to come in through through those type of support. You know, it's kind of like donations kind of or commissions kind of, you know. Uh, people are willing to invest large sums of money, which help her to be su to support her in that way. So, for you to come from the opposite side with no nothing and no one in your corner, you not having yet a really big platform yet, you know, it's going to be really hard for you to exist 
in all the places you need to exist, uh, but with no streaming at all. Streaming is the best way to get your music in front of people, for them to try out your music, see if they like it for little to no cost on their end. Um, I'm just very much a believer that you have to be everywhere that your audience is. And if you aren't in the places where the audience is, then you kind of don't exist. And I will say that as famous and well-known as Maria Schneider is, there's a whole generation of young musicians that don't know who she is or don't know who's in the band or don't know what that music is really about. They might have played hang gliding once and um, they are, uh, you know, they don't have any context for, for what it is. And because she doesn't put her stuff out on streaming, she doesn't necessarily have a, um, she doesn't necessarily have a young audience. She's not uh, really well known in the um, younger jazz circles. Uh, so a question here from Nia. Hi, Nia, thanks for joining us. Um, I'm a jazz trombonist and professor. And no, I'm not a hacker. We're talking questions about the music industry today. Um, so keeping on moving from that, um, for the, just to wrap that up, I think that uh, you have to think bigger than just looking at her and say, she doesn't stream, so I don't have to stream my music. I think uh, that is not wise. And as a person that runs and owns a record label, I will tell you that it's not going to allow you to connect with your fans. It's not going to let you allow you to grow your fan base uh, in the same way as if you take advantage of all as of all the tools that are out there right now. Um, I agree that they should pay us more for our music. That is 100% for sure. However, um, it's really important to take advantage of what we have now. All right, I see a live question coming in from Instagram. Ali D, Alid A, what is the first step to learning jazz piano? Uh, so learning jazz piano, the first step would be to listen to jazz, find some jazz pianists that you really like and really enjoy. Uh, the first steps would be to listen to the music a lot, uh, to get some basic uh, piano chops together if you're, and this is even if you're a trombonist or you're an instrumentalist that doesn't play piano, this is the first thing that Wycliffe Gordon talked to me about. I went to his house the first time, uh, tried to have me accompany him on all the things you are, and I couldn't do it. And so from that day forward, I knew I needed to spend some time on the piano. So uh, for anyone, you know, in college, you have to take some basic jazz piano classes and then jazz piano classes. So First steps is learning your major scales, learning some simple tunes, and then if you want to play jazz piano, get the Jazz Piano Book by Mark Levine. That's a super straightforward classic book. It's got voicings and stuff. Learn your two fives. Uh, and then started learning some tunes. I took jazz piano lessons in high school as well. Uh, just like comping with the left hand melody and a little bit of soloing in the right hand. Uh, but the most growth that I've seen from piano is having to accompany my students. And so through accompanying my students, I've definitely gotten more chops together on the piano, just literally roots in the left hand, thirds and sevenths in the right hand, and get through some tunes. So Ali D, I hope that uh, helps you and you can start your jazz piano journey. Um, start transcribing, start uh, learning, making sure you got your piano uh, chops together, just the literally just playing scales, fingerings, and all that stuff, so you don't have to worry about that uh, later on down the line. All right, so I'm going to go to a few more of these uh, questions that came in this week. Uh, all right, so well, these two questions are kind of related, so I'll kind of weave them together. This is from Nat Laz, Matuzzi's Music. 
He says, I find creating daily, weekly content, especially something meaningful, to be really challenging. I think a lot of people do. Um, I think it's really important to be extremely realistic. Uh, if you don't know, I also run Outside in Music, which is a record label and media company, and we do social media management for artists, we do consulting, we do marketing plans, we do promotion, publicity, all of that kind of stuff. And so I'm deep into this world kind of all the time and try to experiment on myself and experiment with different things uh, in terms of tools and in terms of approaches and advertising and all that stuff. So that's kind of where this is coming from, that experience. So that's Outside in Music if you want to check it out. So my suggestions for creating daily or weekly content are using a plan. Uh, the, the more you plan, the easier it is. Um, and that way you don't have to quote unquote be inspired because if you wait to be inspired, you're never gonna have the inspiration. Uh, so if I can say anything, it's stop waiting around for inspiration because it's not gonna just come out of nowhere. Uh, you have to have a discipline and you have to have a plan. And so there's no different whether you're planning to make a recording or you're trying to do daily content, weekly content. Uh, so we usually start off by using a spreadsheet and creating a plan. We brainstorm what are all the topics that I could make um, content about if I'm a, it looks like, I'm just going to assume he's a trombonist, I guess, or just, just a jazz musician in general. Like, what are you going to make content? What can you make content about? What are all the things? Brainstorm those things. What are you interested in? What are you interested in outside of just playing the trombone or just playing jazz? You can make related to the trombone, related to jazz, related to your favorite favorite things. You can talk to your friends as interviews. You can talk to your heroes as interviews. You can talk to industry people as interviews. You can talk to your students about being students. You can talk about education. You can talk about uh, being on the scene. You could talk about your challenges. You could talk about the questions that you have. You could be talking about uh, ideas for content. You could be talking about music marketing, right? So that's just something that I'm passionate about just because that's, you know, also an interest of mine and it's part of my company, right? So uh, it's something that's part of what I do every single day. So that's why I want to include it in these live streams where we're talking about trombone and jazz, but it's to me, it's all the same. So um, you gotta, you have to um, make a plan. You have to stick to the plan and you have to not worry about if you find it to be really meaningful because it's not your uh, job it's not your place it's not you don't get to decide what's meaningful and what's not the person watching does so somebody's going to watch this video and say this guy sucks this guy is stupid he doesn't know what he's talking about and there's going to be someone in here that might get one thing that says wow that really inspired me to go and make more content or to practice the piano or to do whatever so you know it's not one or the other it's it's both you know at the same time some people are going to love it some people are going to hate it you can't really worry about it, it doesn't really matter um you don't get to decide you know you don't get to decide if a book is good or your music is good I, you know you can love it to death but it doesn't mean everybody else is going to like it sometimes the, the tracks from my albums that i like the best uh are not the ones that get the most attention and sometimes you're surprised though the radio really likes to play this track well i wonder why that is uh, and you kind of can reverse engineer that, but um, you know, it's it's a process. You know, it's it's just a process, and um, that's all. There all the ways to it. So if you can make a plan, brainstorm some content, figure out you know what you're gonna do, what you're gonna talk about, what you're gonna play. There's always people out there that are uh, looking for 
quality content. So make a plan, uh, decide what you're going to do. You can't be everywhere at once, you know. Um, you can't be on all platforms for everyone. You have to decide what your limitations are. You have to decide kind of what you're going to what you're going to allocate in terms of time. Uh, I batch create content when I can, meaning I'm not going to record one video. I'm going to try to record five videos or three videos at a time. Definitely not just one if I have the time because um, it's just not efficient to only do these things one at a time. Uh, but that's, uh, that's what I would do. That, I hope that helps you. And then from Peter, his handle is jazzbonept. By the way, if you're watching, please drop in a question. This is a live Q&A. Uh, feel free to do so. I see there's people here on Facebook. I see there's people here on Instagram. If you, so please feel free to drop in questions. I'm just answering the ones that I have collected from this week. Today's July 3rd, if you're watching this in the future. So <clears throat> Peter, he asks, hire a professional or DIY if the latter, what are some things you recommend doing in 2020? So I recommend having a content plan. I recommend doing social media advertisement. I recommend if you can hire, I recommend doing both basically. His question is one or the other. My answer is both. If you can hire both, and really both means a publicity team to do traditional PR, meaning sending things to um, traditional PR outlets, blogs, magazines, uh, etc. Hiring a radio promoter doing the whole radio, jazz radio, and then hiring a digital marketer to help you with your efforts. And then also DIY. If you can afford it, hire all three and DIY. That's going to give you the best uh, bang for your buck. Um, the more people working on your stuff, the more eyeballs you're going to get on your stuff, the faster it's going to grow. And just knowing that it's, like, it's long term, so you have to create a system that is sustainable. You know, there's a reason why I do this show every week at the same time. It has to be in my calendar and it has to be sustainable. And I have to ask questions so I get questions in advance. So when <clears throat> it's not, it's like people are busy, it's 4th of July weekend, people are outside, people are trying to do something fun, not trying to watch some trombone player talk live on the internet, that we have questions to talk about. So you have to create these plans and you have to um, do all of it. So hire a professional and DIY. Do as much content as you can. Make videos. Be on TikTok. Be on Twitter. Be on Instagram. Be on Facebook. Do live streams. We can't do live gigs right now. Plan watch parties. Do videos of your music. Talk about the inspiration about your music. Talk to your band members. All of this stuff is much content because if you can connect with one person with each piece of content or 10 people and bring them into your circle, then that's, if you do 10 pieces of content, then you've got 100 pieces of content. So. Um, to me, you have to do both. Sorry, Peter. Uh, so if anyone out there needs help with this stuff, I'm happy to talk about it more. Um, we do consulting, of course, and uh, we, do, we do social media management and we do uh, like social media ad spend. I mean, if you want to grow, you have to spend money, period. There's no organic growth anymore. Um, there's too many people trying to do internet marketing. There's too many people trying to grow different kind of businesses. Uh, too many people that will pay more because their product costs more. Our product is essentially free. If you're talking about YouTube videos and streaming, it's almost free. And uh, you can't charge, you can't pay $10 a click for a free product. Somebody who's charging for a $1,000 course can spend $100 a click and still make $900. If you, you see what I'm saying? So people are uh, outspending us 
a, a thousand to one uh, because we can't afford to. So uh, anyway, you have to be strategic and you have to figure out how to grow your personal connections. You know, the biggest thing you can do right now uh, before you launch a project is build up your email list. I know it seems like everybody gets a million emails, but it's still, still the best way to connect uh, these platforms, Instagram, Facebook, they're going to do whatever they want. It's really amazing, a free way to connect with people. You know, it's great that I can be live here and talk to you all. Uh, you know, I didn't have to pay for that, for that to get in front of you and answer your questions. But at the same time, they can do that whatever they want. They can show this to five people. They can show it to 500 people. Uh, and it's going to just, they're going to do what they want. So uh, the answer to your question, Peter, is you have to do all of the above. And so hire a publicist, hire a radio promoter and DIY and hire social media marketer if you can. That's a lot of money, but um, the more you can invest and create a plan for you know five records, 10 records, it's gonna help you uh, to build slowly but surely. There's a live question here on, I don't know why this person is asking me to say something. That's interesting. This is a new, that's a new one for me. I'm not going to say that. So, uh, yeah, so that was Peter's question. And uh, so I hope people can go back. If you didn't yet see the top of the show, I was um, asking folks or I was trying to tell people about something that I started thinking about yesterday in terms of jazz being basically one of the highest points of, hu of human creativity. And I really do truly believe that. And I really think that that's a recipe for getting more people interested in the music. And I really think that uh, if we can talk about, you know, that connection of spontaneous and training together, that methodology of being the micro macro, the prepared for anything, uh, it really, to me, is super important. And it hits me really deeply. And I think that's a great way to help more people to connect with our music that maybe uh, think it's too heady or they think it's too this or too that. So I'm really... Um, inspired by that idea so hopefully you can go back to the beginning and check that out if not uh, please drop in any questions maybe I'm missing the questions maybe my chat isn't working correctly let me see here open up this other chat program to make sure that it's if it's not working otherwise I think that's gonna do it for today uh, it's July 3rd we'll be back next week next week will be the 10th of July and I just uh, I just confirmed and uh, I'm going to be appearing on Alexa Tarantino's uh, well-rounded musician show next week on Thursday night that's on the jazz at Lincoln Center jazz.org uh, channel so if you're watching out for that we'll be live on Thursday at I think it's at 8 p.m. Eastern uh, so if you want to watch out for that otherwise um, I'm going to wrap it up for today thanks for being here have a very safe and healthy holiday weekend if you're here <coughs> excuse me if you're here in the u.s uh fourth of july weekend uh don't set off too many fireworks all right so uh that's it thanks for being here and i'll see you all next week